0: For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia.
1: Well, hello. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I am your host here today on Conversations with Cynthia. So, very, very glad that you're joining me today, and I'm very excited about the guest that we have this is a uh, best selling author, Tim Cameron, He has two best selling books on amazon, and he 's going to really share the secret to making wise decisions, which I am very excited always to learn about that and and so what he does is he really looks at how we approach the Lord when we make big decisions and and what if we have expectations for the future? What What is there, what the obstacle is that needs to be overcome? And so in this book, 40 Days Through Prayers of Jesus, he really shows how answering these questions starts with looking at the way our Lord prayed. And so he talks about how to pray according to the power of the Holy Spirit, the importance of God's word, the power of praying as a child does, what Jesus prayed for, how to pray when God doesn't meet your expectations, and and how to really overcome the challenges that keep Christians from following the examples of Jesus. And so he's got a compelling story, and I'm very excited. He's been endorsed by Wayne Jacobson, who authored He He Loves Me, and the co-author of The Shack, says that 40 Days Through uh, Prayers of Jesus is compelling invitation into deeper intimacy with God. And we we do need that. So, Tim, thank you for joining us today.
2: Well, thank you. My pleasure, my privilege.
1: Well, this is, you, you know, this is amazing. You were, you graduated from Oral Roberts University, and you were a Division One basketball player, you a <laughs> Master's in Teaching Arts from the University of Tulsa, and then you served at ORU as the Director of Admissions and Financial Aid. Then you did um, then you did a private school, one of the largest private schools, Metro Christian Academy in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. That that's a lot.
2: Yes, it is. I actually in between there also spent fifteen years in public education as a inner city high school principal where I had a couple of high schools, you know, around the size of twenty five hundred,
1: three thousand. Wow. And,
2: and then uh, and then was head of school at the largest private school in the state of Oklahoma.
1: Wow. Well, you know, we we were talking when I first got you on the line before we started the show, and and I was asking you how you came about writing this book. And at first, I asked you really how long it took, because books like this are they're they're a lesson in endurance. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, they are. And I, I uh, well, I'll tell you how this came about. It's really a, a, a compelling story about God's redemption and God's goodness. And of course, all of us have a story, but my story is that. I was just kind of tootling along in life, and everything seemed fine. I was uh, very well thought of in my profession, and, and very successful on the on the outward. And then I had a dramatic physical failure. I I ended up doing three total knee replacements, a couple of back surgeries, uh, just all kinds of stuff, and went through about six years of very very serious pain management treatment, where I was in and out of a wheelchair. Um, was having pain crises every, every day, the kind where you curl up in a ball and cry like a baby.
1: Oh, my. You can't
2: get rid of pain, no matter how many, how much hydrocodone, oxycontin, right. opiates you take. And so in the middle of that, I got suicidal for about six months. Wow. And so I just was a total mess physically. I had to quit working, um, you know, a very, very good job. That was kind of the culmination of my professional career. And in the middle of all that, uh, I remembered when I was a young Christian man uh, in my early 20s, I had made myself a promise that I would not go into the kingdom of heaven without knowing what it meant to be able to call down the blessing of God on people, even from hundreds of miles away without them knowing it. I wanted to be a man of prayer. And the fact was, my prayer life was boring, was stolid, and I I could really say had no semblance of anything uh, that I wanted it to be. So I just set out um, in the middle of all this pain, thinking I was going to die. I I grabbed and read everything I could get my hands on about prayer. I mean, Oswald Chambers, E. Stanley Jones, Andrew Murray with Christ in the School of Prayer, Leonard Ravenhill. I just grabbed everything I could read and read it in about six months. And at the end of six months, still had a boring prayer life <laughs> and so i wow. was, i was crying out to the lord lord what what do i have to do to understand what it means to pray and i was led by the holy spirit to just look at the times jesus prayed in the gospels and so i read the gospels through i, I think it was at least five or six times and i just i just vetted and sought out every time that Jesus opened his mouth and prayed out loud. And there were 23 times. There's 23 times in the gospel.
1: Wow. From
2: the time he was being baptized, it says while he was being baptized, he was praying. Uh, he prayed all night when he chose his disciples. He was praying at the transfiguration. It says while he was praying, he was transfigured. Uh, he prayed while he blessed children. He prayed when he raised Lazarus from the dead. He praised while he prayed while he was ascending, and I just took, looked at every one of those times deeply and said, "Lord, what do you want to teach me right. about prayer?" So that's how I kind of, kind of came to grips with looking at the prayers of Jesus.
1: Did, did when when did you start to maybe feel His presence again in your life?
2: I was at such a low point. I really. I uh, thought I was going to die. So I I cried out to the Lord, and one of the first things that happened the Lord began to speak to me about my heart and heart. Mm. And, and the way I noticed it was the words that were coming out of my mouth. I remember driving to church one morning and made a really sarcastic, ugly comment to my wife. And uh, on the way home, I really felt like I needed to ask her forgiveness. And when I asked her to forgive me for that nasty comment I made on the way to church, it was really sarcastic. She just kind of blew by it and said, well, that's just the way you are. Oh, wow. And boy, I realized I had become so judgmental in the job I was at. I was in the kind of job where you got to make split decisions on the spot. And I just got to where I could judge. I thought I could judge. And, you know, we judge in one of two ways. We think we know what people are thinking or why they're doing what they're doing. And we ascribe value to people. Right, uh, You're worth. Right. You have work, You don't you know. And so in the middle, in, in going through that, trying to get to grips with what was going on in my heart, the Lord just began to touch and touch me and speak to me about the words that were in my mouth. And so I began to repent. And it's kind of an interesting thing. I just grabbed one of my close friends and I said, Let, let's fast words. Let's fast these words 40 days.
1: That's a book in and of itself.
2: For your job, all those things are important, but they're not the most important thing you'll ever learn. Prayer is the most important thing you'll ever learn.
1: And I think we don't realize that prayer, like when you were talking earlier about wanting to pray down blessings for people a 100 miles away, I really don't think we get or grasp the power of prayer because it's so elusive. And in our fallen nature now, you know, spirituality is a, is hard to capture and hard to keep, mm-hmm. and so it's it's very fascinating that that you would go through this whole entire process and the place that you would land when it comes to what is really the most important thing is truly the behavior that got you know Jesus through to his his end goal.
2: It's one of the things I love about the disciples. Uh, you know, here I am, a guy I've spent my entire life in education, and I'm telling you. Education is not the most important thing. Right. <laughs> uh, and you got these disciples, these guys who many of them were totally unlearned, probably uh, could not read, and after they became filled with the Spirit of God, they were able to pray and, and do things that defied uh, our imagination through the power of prayer and through the power of the Holy Spirit in their life. So that's what I love about prayer. Prayer isn't about how educated you are, how well you speak, what you do or don't look like, what kind of charisma you have or don't have. Prayer is about intimacy with Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life.
1: Wow. Well, we are coming up on our first break. So listeners, I want to make sure that you are able to to completely hear this show in its entirety. So if you can't listen any longer, if you're driving and you're getting out of your car, and you make sure you go to the website at com, and the podcast will be there. Because I think this is a really, really important show to hear and to learn. And I'm really wanting to encourage the purchase of this book because I think this could be changing our country. And I think this is what our country really needs. So, Tim, um, give us an idea in this last minute how people can get a hold of you, where they can find the book.
2: Well, the book's on, uh, get the book on Amazon or Barnes & Nova or any Christian bookstore. Then you get it off of my website, which is just simply timcameronprayer.com.
1: That's awesome. So, listeners, make sure that you uh, check out this book. This is called, again, give us the title, Tim.
2: 40 Days Through the Prayers of Jesus, the Journey to Pray More Like Christ.
1: And what's the, what's the other one that you had, the first one?
2: The 40-Day Word Fast.
1: Yes, I think that one. We, I'm going to have to have you back on another show for that one. <laughs> I am very, because I love words. I am very interested in that one. So that's awesome. All right, listeners, make sure that you join us in the next segment with... Tim Cameron, best-selling author, about really sharing secrets of making wise decisions. That has a lot to do with prayer and words. Join us again in the next segment. Well, welcome back. You are listening to Conversations with Cynthia, and I am your host, Cynthia Hyatt. If you're just joining in, make sure that you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's spelled C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T. Lots of good things on the website, Uh, all the the book resources. Uh, You can also contact me about uh, speaking engagements for your organization or spiritual groups, and then you can certainly go to the radio link and listen to all the the previous shows. So if you can't listen to the show in its entirety, it's right on that website. So if you're just tuning in, we have with us today Tim Cameron, best-selling um, author here. He's got a great book. He's got two good, two best-selling books actually that we're going to be talking about today. And so Tim, we were talking you know off air there, and I asked you. What do you think is one of the most important things that you wanted people to know and and understand? And you talked about Jesus being mortal and his prayer life and needing to pray.
2: Mm -hmm. Yes, it's one of the things that uh, is really hard for us to get our arms around is that Jesus was completely human, flesh and blood, just like us. He thirsted. He needed to rest. He had all the same uh, temptations and things he overcame. And he was a completely a man, but he was also completely God. <laughs> and so you, it's incomprehensible. You know, yeah. So you you come out and asking, well, why would Jesus need to pray? Well, as a man, he needed divine support. He needed strength. He needed the Father's blessing. And so the great mystery here is that there's no more contradiction in him praying than there is in him drinking or eating both.
1: Listeners, because when you say, you know, sometimes Jesus needed to pray all night, I mean, I know that's true. I hear that and I think, how can I do that?
2: I want to connect with God intimately. And Jesus needed to do that. He needed to go pray, and then he needed to pray all through the day. So, you know, how do we, how do, we do that? Well, we start out with just uh, familiarity, praying for short periods of time, making it a habit to come to the Lord and start our days, making a habit when you're driving in the car uh, to pray. Uh, you know, I'm a big I'm a big fan of using lists to pray, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, uh, I think we uh, I think we think wrongly about prayer. We think prayer is about getting our answers and and getting our list the answers on our list met. And, and like I said, I like lists, but that's not what prayer is uh, primarily about. Not what it's about first of all. Prayer is first of all about connecting with. Our Intimately. Uh, I, I've got a good friend who's a worship leader a guy named Dennis Jernigan. And Dennis is always saying to me,
1: Oh, he's one of my favorite.
2: Oh, Dennis is a close family Oh, my goodness. My
1: yes.
2: Here. But Dennis is always saying to me, Tim, uh, it's about intimacy, into me see. Oh, I love is, that.
1: Say, th- say that one more time life. so that people don't miss that.
2: Yeah. Uh, intimacy is into me see. And it's God inviting us to see deeply into Him. He already sees into us. And we would come to prayer and we quiet ourselves before Him. We begin to understand and know our God. So, Cynthia, you, you know this from, from your training and background. You don't get to know somebody by talking all the time and telling them about you. You get to know somebody by listening. Yes. And that's one of the profound things I think that we see when we look at Jesus' prayers is that Jesus, when he prayed, he probably spent a whole lot more time listening than speaking.
1: I think that's so powerful. It's so hard to do attention-wise. And I think that it's important for people to understand. I I mean, I say to people all day in my office, people need time. People need time. Well, God needs time, and and so w- we need to give Him time. We can't just rush in, say a couple of quick things, and then hope that that was it. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, you're so right because, uh, you know, that time is the single most important thing in any relationship. Yes. Now that the time, it's important in your marriage. It's important with your friendships. Uh, you just can't get around get around time.
1: This is our half-hour mark. So listeners, um, I know you're enjoying Tim and just the wisdom that he's giving us and, and the help, the support. And so make sure that you uh, look Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Christian Bookstores for this best-selling book, um, 40 Days Through the Prayers of Jesus. And join us in this next segment. Make sure you check out the website. I'm on all social media as well if you cannot hear the entire show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host today on Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me. and am very excited about the guests that we have today. I know that if you have been listening, you are getting a lot out of this. If you're just starting, this is a great time to really make sure that you stick with the program. And if you can't listen to it, always go to the website uh, at CynthiaHyatt.com. You can listen to the show in its entirety. We have with us today Tim Cameron, who is a best-selling author. Um, His book is on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, all the Christian bookstores. And this book we are talking about today is 40 Days Through the Prayers of Jesus. So we were talking just about the issue of time and that we need to give time. And that's how intimacy is created, is through time. And we talked about a familiar place and and making a place so that when you go to that place, your brain automatically gets in the space of prayer. And so... You and I also talked about this um, lethargic feeling that many Christians have about prayer. And what would you say about that? How would you speak on that?
2: You know, I think there's two, uh, probably two great hindrances to prayer, or two great reasons why our prayer life isn't what it should be, and it's, it's boring and lethargic. And I think those two reasons are just simply a busyness and worldliness. And I really uh, encourage our listeners to try try and listen in the spirit right now. Listen with your spiritual ears. You know, it says in Revelation 3, 6, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit is saying. So the two great hindrances to, to not having a poor life, boring prayer life, those hindrances are busyness and worldliness. Busyness steals the time that we need to pray. And worldliness it diverts our attention away from prayer. People who are too busy to pray are too busy to lead holy lives. And people who are too worldly to pray are living lives that are willfully given to the world, not to Jesus. And here's the real...
1: That's very hope. powerful.
2: Well, now here's the real uh, hope that we have, Cynthia. See, our, our there's this concept out there now called neuroplasticity. Yes. Life. Uh, it's as simple as beginning to spend five minutes in prayer, uh, you know, every day, and three months later begin to spend ten months in prayer. It's taking little bites out of our life to create dramatic habits that will change our life. And nothing will touch our life more profoundly than learning how to pray.
1: I think that's extremely powerful. We we our world needs prayer and so i think i I like what you said about really just starting small and building because that that is how we get endurance to pray and not having to force it and and you know work it up but to really also i think if we just ask god help me to pray right that's what that's the beginning you know the, the lord's prayer it said you know we come to you today we say lord teach us to pray you know, and and so I think that that's a really powerful way to encourage you, listeners, that that we really want to be praying people, and we need our families need it, our country needs it, we need it individually. And so, Tim, tell us again how we can get a hold of your book and the other. Uh, tell them about the other one as well, as we are coming up on this break.
2: Yes, the, my books are available on Amazon and at Barnes and Noble, and really any Christian bookstore outlets. Then it's, of course, available on my website at timcameronprayer.com.
1: Timcameronprayer.com. Okay, that's awesome. And it's um, 40 Days Through Prayers of Jesus and 40 Days of Fasting Words.
2: 40 Day Word Fast.
1: 40 Day Word Fast. Yes, I'm interested in that one very much so. So, listeners, make sure that if you are not able to hear the show in its entirety because you really don't want to miss this one, that you go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. And the shows are all on the uh, radio link. And then make sure that if you are wanting a different topic for a show, I love it when you email me and tell me what you would like to know more about. So join us in this last segment with Tim Cameron. Well, Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. So glad you could join me. And if you are just tuning in and you are not able to hear the entire show, always I'm reminding you, you can go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com and listen to the show there. And today we have Tim Cameron with us. He is a national best-selling author with two books. And the one we're talking about today is 40 Days Through the Prayer of Je- prayers of Jesus, and just his experiences of learning to pray, and what he went through to get to this place, and and understand the power of prayer and the beauty of prayer and the the intense importance of it. So, Tim, thank you again for being uh, on the show today. My pleasure. And we are in our last segment. So we were kind of talking offline, and and you felt really strongly about addressing spiritual warfare. And then the high priestly prayer of Jesus. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I think it, it's extremely important that we understand the part that prayer plays in spiritual warfare. You know, the Word of God reveals that, that we're in a furious spiritual battle right now. Uh, and that battle usually is in the heavenlies and in the unseen, but, but it is real. And, the, and I think most of us are a little bit unaware of this. And if we have an awareness of spiritual warfare, um, we really don't, maybe most of us really don't believe we're called to it, to participate in it. And then there's even kind of a further pushback that a lot of Christians have is when you say spiritual warfare and you start thinking about battling demons or evil spirits or Satan himself, you know, it just becomes overwhelming and maybe even a little bit frightening. Right. But, right. but here's the truth. Here's the truth of the gospel. Much of the world has come under the influence of Satan today. And he rules in so many areas. And God wants us to be able to push back against that. And prayer, is here. Prayer, I believe, is one of the most powerful ways that happens. You know, in, in Ephesians 6, uh, 10 through 18, where Paul talks about the armor that we need to, to walk through the world, to battle and be safe, and to advance the kingdom of God. We read that, and, and most of us come away with that we only have one spiritual weapon, and that weapon, that's offensive, that offensive weapon, is the Word of God. That's our weapon in the warfare. But I believe there's another. We- there's really two weapons. Another weapon is spirit-filled prayer. Right. Spirit-filled prayer. You know, Paul tells us to pray on every occasion in the power of the Holy Spirit. And in that Ephesians 6, section, he says, um, that, the, that we have a weapon. We have weapons. And there's another great scripture that I like to quote. It's in uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. It says, Though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh, because the weapons of our warfare. And he uses weapons, plural there. He, said, you know, he says, the weapons of our warfare. And I believe that other weapons,
1: really important, and I think, you know, you're a very educated man, and I think it's important for Christians to hear that when we say spiritual warfare, it doesn't mean a particular denomination. It doesn't mean that it's only charismatics that do spiritual warfare,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? That's not really what you're talking You're talking about spirit-filled prayer.
2: I'm talking about spirit-filled prayer. Prayer that is filled with the guidance, direction, yes, sensitivity of the Holy Spirit.
1: Yes, and I think that's a, a, an important distinction. I mean, I'm not against charismatic um, spiritual warfare. I mean, I've, I've been in, I worked with many different denominations and styles of, but I don't want people to get hung up on thinking that, well, that's for the charismatics, that's what they do.
2: No, that is not, I don't believe that's what I'm talking about, nor what Paul was talking about there. I'm so
1: glad you're making the clarification because, you know, I, I know so many Christians that walk away from that or balk at that because, they've only heard it giving in, in a more charismatic context and they think mm-hmm. and, and I think it's important that that you know this started in the, in the in Jesus' time this is what Jesus started was spirit-filled spiritual warfare
2: we know it's, it's an aspect of prayer that we don't hear talked about a lot that is that prayer is where we really come to know the holy spirit as a person right, uh, we, right. we can we understand Jesus in, in a sense because we've been saved and if we walk with Him uh, for any length of time, we begin to understand the fatherhood of God, right. and we quit, we quit being orphans just for wandering around your orphan spirits, because we begin to relate to Jesus, to God the Father. But the Holy Spirit is is a person that most of us don't know intimately. Right. And I really believe we come to know Him intimately in prayer. That's how Jesus, as a man, came to know the direction and guidance. Of the Holy Spirit, you know it says in the in the scriptures in the gospel there. While Jesus was being baptized, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit depended, descended upon him like a dove while he was praying.
1: Wow! And
2: that's what happens when we pray. When we pray in quiet in secret, the heavens open, and we come to know all the persons of the of the Sacred Trinity god the father jesus and the holy spirit and and we need the holy spirit in our lives every day because you know i i look at uh, when jesus ascended and it says that the disciples left his ascension rejoicing and i'm saying to myself what <laughs> here they had just spent 40 days with jesus after he'd been crucified he came back and spent 40 days with them and and they're rejoicing
1: It's one of the most powerful ways to understand it when, we, when you talk about the Holy Spirit, you know, is a person. And so many times that isn't taught or it's hard to comprehend it. And so getting to know the Holy Spirit as your guide, you know, it is one of the most powerful things we could do. And, and that's exactly what Jesus did. And, and we have the world counterfeiting because the world talks about spirit guides all the time. And so we have one that is, that is truth, that is all truth and all righteousness.
2: Amen, amen. You know, one of the things I've discovered about the Holy Spirit personally, you know, we talk about the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, the Holy Spirit is extremely sensitive. He himself, and, and I believe he leaves quickly when things take place that grieve him. Mm. And the, the way we grieve the Holy Spirit the most is our interactions with each other
1: oh that's very powerful
2: and you know it kind of it's kind of a lead-in for me into talking about john 17 jesus high priestly prayer which i call his mission statement if you read john if you read that john 17 i believe you're going to be reading Jesus' mission statement you wow. see the enemy is always out to destroy god's essential purpose and god's essential purpose for me and my wife for my church for denominations For his entire body that's on the world, the body of Christ on the world, God's essential purpose is unity. And that's what the enemy's out to destroy. Yes. Because the enemy knows uh, that if people see that the love we have is authentic, that it will draw people to the kingdom. And that's what it says in John 17. Jesus, Jesus said, I want these people to be one with each other like, Father, you and I are one. And if they are, the world will see them and know that I am who I said I am, that I am the Son of God. They'll wow. know it by the unity and the way my people love each other. So that's what the enemy is always out to destroy. And and through the Holy Spirit, we can have the Lord come into our hearts, change our hearts, give us hearts that are tender and soft and able to receive the things of the Spirit, and we can walk in unity with
1: other. Uh, I think that is so powerful. I, you know, because keeping unity is tough. It means that we have to be grown-ups, you know, because we get so much sensitivity and we get so committed to our own opinion and so committed to whatever we think it is that you're doing or saying or or interpreting it that we lose sight of the big picture. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus was constantly helping the disciples in, in terms of getting along.
2: I think sometimes we lose we lose sight of what God's essential purpose is in the world today and mm-hmm. what's really still on God's heart. It's on God's heart for people to know Him. Yes. Come to know Him as Savior. And and if if we as Christians are always fighting and battling each other over things that have very little importance, if that's if that's what's coming out of our lives and out of our churches, then it sends the message to Uh, non-believers that, uh, you know, I don't know that I I really want to take part in this. I don't know if this really is what people say it is, if it doesn't work even for them.
1: Exactly. I mean, and I think that that's one of the things that is not addressed often enough is is our tendency to want to argue doctrine. Mm -hmm. And Paul was very clear on that. And and it is one of the things that breaks things up. It, you know, it's kind of helping people. Let's major in the majors and not in the minors. Mm-hmm. And, and we struggle with that as Christians. We get so impassioned about opinions and and forget the relationship piece. And I think that's a lot of what you're saying is a lot of what prayer does is keeps me centered, keeps me grounded on what's really the most important.
2: Mm-hmm. Amen. I agree. I agree completely. You know, it's... Um When you come and pray and you quiet yourself before the Lord, uh, He begins to speak to you, and you walk out His will in your life. And the thing I love about prayer, and and the Gospels in particular, is that it's not like there's a lot of secrets about prayer. Uh, I think there's only one great secret, and the great secret to prayer is to pray in secret. Right. I like like
1: that. (laughs) It's really not a secret, you know? It's very powerful. Well, I am so thankful you are on the show today, Tim. I really—it's—I think it's been very powerful and very, very helpful. And um, make sure y- you tell the listeners again how we can get a hold of you and and what and if you have any other books coming up.
2: Sure. Uh, my website is Tim Cameron. T-I-M-C-A-M-E-R-O-N. Yes. but i've got some things going good and, and i think the, the really great encouragement is the things i've written in particular um you know the book on the power of words and and the power of not judging yes and oh. understanding how dramatically powerful negative words are i like
1: then, that that you it, well, we are we are at the very end of our hour so, Tim, thank you so much for being with us today. And listeners, make sure you, you check this out. And also, keep, we'll keep you posted on the books that, are, that he is going to be coming out with next. Have a great week. And make sure you look at the website at CynthiaHyatt.com.
0: We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you.